This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to this week's episode of The State of Recruiting, your weekly Orange 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach. I'm joined, as always, by Nick Harris. And this week's show, we've got a big one for you. But before we get into it, uh, we'd like to remind you to go to all of our podcast uh, platforms, whether that be Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes especially. Uh, Like, subscribe, rate, review. Do all those great things uh, that help the podcast. And we'd also point you to the rest of the podcasts on our network, the flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown, and the Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Uh, so before we get into anything, Nick, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, pretty great weather this week, and I'm uh, just ready for some high school football. I've had some media credential issues for the for the first big time this season. I, I think I jinxed it a couple weeks ago on the show, uh, talking about how I haven't had any issues all year, but really running into them this week. So I'm uh, just going to try to get up to at least two games this weekend. That's weird. Um, I've had I had both my credentials approved on Monday for the first time this year, so <laughs> I've, I've been chilling uh, all week, just just really really relaxing. We'll get in a little later to where we're going this week and who we're going to see um, in, in our high school segment, um, but we'll, we'll lead off as always with kind of what's going on in recruiting and. Um, you know, as of right now, it's not much. It's it's frankly, uh, it's a rough road for Texas. I think we kind of talked about it last week, and I'll, I'll reiterate it this week. As of right now, Texas is really just kind of stuck when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, the the way they can move forward right now because they're not winning on the field. There's a lot of uncertainty around Tom Herman's job, um, and so it, you know, it's really. Um, causing them some issues when it comes to uh, being able to A, uh, close out this 2021 class, and B, be aggressive and push in that 2022 class. Um, you know, I, and I think we'll get to the 2022 class here in a second because we did just have a rankings update today. Uh, but, Nick, I mean, uh, it, it's been – I guess you could back me up on this. It's been pretty slow. Yeah, it has been kind of slow lately. Uh, I mean, there's a few targets that are left on the board that have been on the board for quite a bit. Um, you know, you can put guys like uh, Antonio Harmon, LJ Johnson, uh, Ikuwana, um, you know, just kind of the guys that have been on the board for a while that, you know, we've been kind of keeping an eye on. But, you know, those guys seem to be pretty focused on their seasons. Um, and uh, even though the recruitments are still, you know, kind of progressing, the college staffs are also worried about their own respective seasons. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of hit a standstill at this point. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean there's no good news left in the 2021 cycle i don't believe that's true at all 
Um, you know, so uh, we could get some good news at some point, but I just don't feel like it's going to be happening anytime soon. I think they really got to get it back on the field because it's like two losses and then a bye week. It's like you've got a month that's gone by since they've won a football game. And when the team is being talked about the way they are, they don't really have a chance to answer that. And I think that's the one of the biggest problems right now. You did mention Antonio Harmon, the wide receiver out of Kosciuszko, Mississippi. How about me nailing that town name? Uh, thank you to the great. To the great. <laughs> I thought it was Kosciuszko. <laughs> no, it's Kosciuszko, and I only know that because the great Craig Way told me uh, that's what it is. And he, that's a man who's traveled. He knows things like that. Um, so I, I would say uh, I did put a crystal ball in for him this week. I think that um, when you look at it, and I've said all along, basically since Texas is offered, that a lot of people in Mississippi have been telling me that they're very bullish on Texas' chances there. Um, and I'm always a little skeptical, especially when I don't, I don't know those guys that well, you know, I'm getting to know some people there, but I don't, I don't have a lot of great sources in Mississippi. So, um, you know, you're having to rely on, on some information that you're not sure where it's coming from, but you know, they've, they've always told me that the intent has, has been really strong with him in Texas. I also think it helps that it doesn't seem that either the in-state Mississippi schools are really pushing for him at this point. Um, uh, and that's fine. That happens quite a bit. From what I understand, Georgia is pushing for him. Um, so, I mean, if you want some, if you want to feel good about the evaluation, uh, Georgia evaluates pretty well. Um, as for, you know, things with him in Texas, I think Texas um, likes him, certainly. I think Tom Herman was on the phone with him the other night, um, and they were talking about maybe arranging a, a visit weekend. But uh, I think really, um, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, Texas is probably still going to evaluate that position um, and make sure they're getting what they want out of the deal. Uh, shout out to that guy who hates my notifications going off. One of my group texts just went crazy, um, and he probably heard all that. So, <laughs> um, Nick, uh, any thoughts? Uh, we're not going to dive deep into it, but um, 2022 rankings dropped today. Uh, highlights are Quinn Ewers still remains number one. Uh, there were a lot of guys in the top group. Um, who? What stood out to you in that in that update? Yeah, there were four really big movers uh, in the state of Texas. I actually tweeted those guys out earlier today. Uh, the biggest of all of them by far was Harold Perkins. He came from outside the top two, four, four seven, uh, to number thirty in the country. Um, which uh, you know, once those kids get to be about a senior class, um, those top thirty-two spots are. Uh, typically used for the five-star ranking. So he's right in a good position to eventually get that five-star ranking. Um, you know, and I, I truly believe it's deserving. Uh, this is one of the best linebacker prospects to come out of Texas since um, I am, you might have a better notion on this, uh, Mike, but at least in my time, at least since Malik Jefferson. Um, I don't know if that's a healthy argument to make. Um, you said five-star linebacker? Just the best linebacker to come oh, out of Texas. Um, at least from a prospect standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to say that. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody in that group in between, but uh, I mean that like that 16 class had uh, Jeffrey McCulloch and um, Eric Fowler, who were were highly ranked prospects, certainly. But um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think you'd have to say Malik Jefferson for sure. Yeah, and, and then Harold Perkins, his just athletic ability is is really incredible. Um, he's actually leading his district in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. So he's getting it done on both sides of the ball for Cy Park. Um, Cy Park, I believe, is a third-year program. Uh, they've never reached the playoffs, and uh, they're in good position to do that this year behind Perkins. And uh, really 
happy to see you know his high ranking. It's definitely very deserving. Um, and but then another big before mover. wait before you move yeah, on from Perkins, I do think he's one of the more unique prospects I've ever covered because usually when you see these dual threat like are these two side of the line guys, they're you know a defensive lineman tight end or they're a wide receiver safety or something like that. But the fact that this kid is probably a linebacker at the next level and yet can play quarterback, receiver, running back, all on offense, that that tells you very good things about his, his ability and his skill. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely a very special prospect. And, you know, just looking at his huddle, you'll see some freakish things that, you know, some uh, some of the best offensive prospects in the state can't even really have. So uh, he, he really gets it done on both sides of the ball. And he's just uh, he's got great tenacity. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do over these next, uh, you know, a year and a half that he has left uh, at, in high school. Uh, another big mover was Evan Stewart. I believe he moved from don't quote me on this from 64 to 37. Um, just he's had a really good start to the season. Um, I, be, I believe we had him around the 30 range um, back in the beginning of the summer. Uh, so now he's crept back into that into that realm. Um, and I believe he can definitely be a five star before it's over with. Not saying he will, but he's got that good high uh, four star um, uh, talent. Just really quick. And when I saw him a couple weeks ago, I could just definitely see how. Uh, his ability to separate from a DB so quickly is going to be so valued at the next level. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he could do at the next level even. And he's got a pretty good quarterback, uh, Keldrick Luster at Frisco Liberty 2023. That's been tossing him the ball this year, and that's definitely been helping him a lot too. Yeah, you know, with Evan, I think he's definitely in that five – is a guy that could be in that five-star range for sure. Um, you know, he is a uh, – when you look at him, he has all the requisite athletic traits that we want out of a five-star. The only thing really missing from him was production, and he's putting that down this year. He's, uh, what are they, 4-0? or I think they played four games, and he's got 750 yards. So he's, um, you know, halfway through, he's on pace for almost a 1,500-yard season. So uh, I think that, you know, if he shows that production, He's really in five-star territory because he does everything at a tremendous level. His testing is off the charts. Anybody else uh, stick out for you, Nick? Uh, yeah, a couple more. Uh, Connor Weidman. Um, this is a 2022 quarterback that has just slowly crept up the rankings for, since uh, we had the big, big debut. I believe it was back in March or April. And now he's finding himself in the top 75 range. And this is a kid that... That's one of the best baseball prospects in the country for 2022. And now he's starting to become one of the best quarterback prospects in the country in 2022. He's really turned it up for Bridgeland uh, down in the uh, Sci-Fair ISD. Um, he, he's making plays all across the field. Um, and, you know, he looks kind of small from his uh, from his huddle, uh, but he's actually more of like a 6'1", 6'2", kid. So I, I think that's a little promising. Uh, what do you like about Whiteman? He's an absolute stud. Like, it's if Quinn Ewers wasn't in this class, that kid would be no doubt the top. I think him and Cade Klubnik are the guys that you probably argue are the top quarterbacks of Texas, if not for, for um, Ewers. I really love – like he's got really exciting dual threat ability to me. Um, you know, he doesn't look like a guy that's going to kill you with his legs. And yet every week I look up and, um, young, uh, young Tommy Yarish, who's, who covers Bridgeland media out there. has got a video of that dude running 80 yards for a touchdown or something. He's, I, I tweeted it last week and said, this, this guy's one of the most exciting players in the state. And he really is. What I love about the baseball side of him is he's got a little bit of that Mahomes ish, um, you know, he can get the ball off from like kind of any arm slot. 
Um, and so he can make throws in a, in a variety of, uh, of ways. He's been really good to start the year. Like really, he's put up some great numbers. Um, was really good against Shadow Creek, if I recall correctly. Um, and I think a guy that that you kind of have to worry about because of the high-end baseball skill, like maybe he gets drafted and doesn't go to college. But to me, you know, I, tex- look, Texas has their quarterback and they've got the number one player in the country right now. I don't know why every other school in this region isn't all over Connor Weigman at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I think Baylor and Texas A&M have really been the only two that have, you know, prioritized Weigman this early. Um, he's a kid that's really got really good, uh, really good uh, wheels too. You mentioned that he can rattle off an 80-yard touchdown, and um, if we go back and look at, you know, some of the Tommy Arsh videos that he's been putting out of, you know, Connor Weigman's touchdowns, you can really see how quick he is, how shifty he is. Uh, I'm just really excited to see what he can do for Prochel in this year. I think he's got them in a great position to make a deep playoff run. And honestly, I think a Bridgeland North Shore, like third or fourth round playoff game, that would be a banger. You know, you mentioned A&M, and I know they've been talking to him for sure, but they haven't offered him. And I just wonder why. Like, I wonder what's what's holding them up from, from going after a kid like that. I know they're kind of in on Klubnik as well. But um, one other thing about about Weigman that, that really sticks out to me, um, is he's uh, his competitive level is obviously really high. If you watch him, I've seen some clips of him play, uh, pitching uh, in baseball, and you can see it there, real fired-up guy. But um, I remember when he was kind of a nobody, and he followed, like he was, I think one of our sites, like SMU had offered, and so Billy Embody was trying to get in touch with him to talk to him, and, and he didn't follow Billy, and I looked, and I was like, oh, he follows me, let me reach out to him. Just one of the nicest, most unassuming kids I'd ever talked to, so, um, you know, d- doesn't appear that to let the fame go to his head in, in any way there. Um, I'm a big fan, big fan of that kid. Yeah, I am as well. And then one last kid I want to get to that had a had a big rise in this uh, rankings update was uh, Tyler Legacy, twenty twenty two running back, Jamarian Miller. Uh, he, he rose about sixty to seventy spots up to about one thirty seven, I believe, is his ranking. Uh, definitely very deserving. I think he's one of the top backs in Texas. If you ask me, he's right behind Jadon Blue. Uh, for the number two spot for uh, running backs in Texas in that class. Uh, he's had a monster start to the year, I think, as we've mentioned on the podcast. Um, yeah, I saw him once against Longview, and he it was honestly his worst game of the season he's had so far, but he he was still able to show his bursts in, uh, in different parts of the game. Uh, he's a kid I really like a lot at this point uh, in the cycle. Uh, he's the brother of former Texas signing Damian Miller, uh, so there's ties to the to the program with that family. I think this is definitely a kid that you know Texas fans should keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I profiled him this week in our performance of the week um, and watched his film against Pulaski Academy from uh, Arkansas. I was really impressed. The, the, the things that really impressed me are, he, A, he's a really good athlete, but you know he's one of those guys that's really quick to the hole. Like his first two or three steps are boom, 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 and he's by you before you know it. He's got a great ability to get skinny in the hole. And then once he's through... He shows a lot of natural instinct. You know, one thing I've always questioned about a guy like Kamar Wheaton is um, I love the athletic traits, but is he a natural runner? Does he see the Does he see the field? Does he cut right? And you can see that with Jamarian. Like he's he sets up his cuts really well. 
Um, you know, he's always looking ahead. It seems like he's always a move ahead of the defenders. And, um, you know, I love, I kind of love those running backs with like low center gravity, bowling ball type guys. And that's kind of what Jamarian is. So, um, yeah, really big, really big move for him and really deserving. And I think, you know, it was good to see Texas jump in that mix because that felt like one where for, for the longest time we were sitting there going, what are we missing here? Why aren't they offering this kid? Um, and now he's kind of worked his way up in that top group. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's very deserving, uh, you know, all the attention he's getting right now. And uh, I think he, he could definitely have a, a strong uh, end to the year as well and maybe sneak his way to the top 100. Um, also, I would I would mention two drops, probably notable in state biggest drops. Tavoris Jones from El Paso had a nice little drop. You know, he hasn't had the strongest uh, start to his season um, and still plenty of time to get that turned around. Uh, but probably when we saw him, Nick and Durant wasn't as big, wasn't as fast as we thought he might be. And then uh, with the slow start to the season, that's kind of hampered him a little bit. I remember one week you were pulling stats, and you, I think you texted me and said, I can't find his rushing yards, but he had three fumbles. And so I was like, <laughs> well, that doesn't sound great uh, to start the whole deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I like Tavoris. I think he's really, uh, I, I think he's r- really more of like a power type back. Um, it's hard to bring him down with just one one guy. I think if he gets a little bit more size on him, especially in that lower body, you know, maybe cut his forty time down a little bit. Uh, he he might be a kid that can stick around the four star range. Um, but I I just personally think that's his ceiling right now. And the other kid who dropped um, was Ernest Cooper from Arlington Martin, and I think you know. Um, we saw, we saw with uh, with Cooper early in the season. Like everything's kind of there from a frame aspect. He looks great, big body, all that. But just kind of a little bit awkward in his movement. Didn't do well against a didn't Ryan team, which is very good. But like their strength is not on the offensive line. I would say so. Um, you know, you expect a player like that to to eat. Now I haven't seen the rest of his season. Would like to watch some more film. But yeah, I thought he was a little more uh, disappointing than I thought he would be in person. Yeah, the thing with 2022s, um, especially at this time, they're going to see a lot of uh, you know rises and dips. Uh, there's still a lot of time for these guys too, and um, there's going to be a ton of camps next year for guys like Ernest Cooper to kind of you know get redemption. Um, and there's still a lot of season left, so uh, it, this is just kind of where they stand at this point. Not to mention a ton of physical growth between that sophomore and junior year. You know, I saw Ernest in practice before the season started, and he told me he had put on like 35 pounds since February. So I mean. From the last time we saw him to this time, a completely different body for sure. Um, all right, let's move on to our high school segment. Uh, we're going to have a guest picker on tonight. We've been promising, threatening to have him for weeks, and we're going to get it done, I think, if we can make technology work out. But before we do that, Nick, um, let's talk about where we went last week and, and where we're headed this week. Uh, last week on Thursday night, I uh, went out to the Wilk again uh, to see my uh, alma mater, Rockwall Heath, take on McKinney North. It was a good win for my Hawks, 56-14. Uh, uh, but uh, McKinney North uh, wide receiver, J.J. Henry, um, they just weren't really able to get the ball to him. Um, the, the McKinney North offense just looked pretty bad all night. They were able to get uh, Henry the ball once. He had one touch, and it was 65 yards to the house. So uh, if that tells you anything about him, um, he was really quick uh, on that play. But, you know, again, that was really the only play we got to see him stretched out. Uh, the thing I kind of came away from that game was with uh, um, was Rockwell Heath. Um, they have probably six D1 starters uh, on their offense, um, a couple at wide receiver, Jordan Neighbors and Jay Fair, uh, quarterback Josh Hoover, running back Zach Evans, um, a couple on the offensive line, a 2021 
Hunter Smith, 2022 Carson Fichtel. Um, you know, these are some guys that can really uh, turn it up for the Hawks, and I, I think they're the, one of the best offenses in the state. And I uh, hope you all take that seriously and that it's, it's, it's not a bias, but uh, I, I really <laughs> believe so because um, they were able to really get it done last week, and they've been able to get it, uh, get it done all year. Uh, and then on Friday night, went down to uh, the Central Texas area and caught uh, Georgetown and Manor. I was out to see two Baylor commits for uh, Baylor site stuff. I saw Devin Lemire and Connor Heffernan. Um, just my kind of thought, quick thoughts on them. Uh, Lemire, he's actually put on a lot of size since the last time I saw him. He looked really good. He had an interception, and I believe the second quarter, um, it was a little a little bit of an overthrown pass, but he, he saw a great read coming across the middle, and he was able to nab it. And he almost took it back for six, but he slipped. Uh, he had nothing but greenfield in front of him. Um, he, he looked really good. He was making some tackles in the open field. He probably finished with 10 to 12 tackles. And then uh, Connor Heffernan, an offensive lineman for, uh, for Georgetown, uh, he struggled in the first half, and you could see that uh, with Georgetown's uh, offensive production in the first half. Uh, Manor jumped out to a 26 to nothing lead. Um, and then, you know, the offensive line kind of led by Heffernan just kind of turned it up, and they started running the ball behind Heffernan, you know, putting him all across the line. Uh, and uh, they ended up winning 36 to 26, came back 36 unanswered. Uh, and it, it was a pretty good game, uh, one of the more interesting games that I've seen all year. Um, where are you headed this week? Uh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on Thursday, I'm planning to hit uh, – Lancaster and uh, Dallas Brian Adams, um, just, again, a lot of issues with credentials this week. Uh, we knew it was going to happen coming into this year just with so many COVID-19 uh, protocols in place. And I had bragged a couple of weeks ago about how I've had so little issues this year uh, uh, with that kind of stuff. And, you know, this week I'm really hitting hard. Uh, so I'm trying to get out to Lancaster and uh, Dallas Brian Adams tomorrow night. If I can't, I'm going to try to, you know, finesse away into Mansfield Summit Ennis uh, if it's possible. Uh, but tomorrow night might be one of those nights where I just, you know, kick it at the crib and watch some games at home. Uh, and then on Friday night, I'm planning on going out to uh, Austin High in Lake Travis to see uh, Charles Wright, uh, Texas quarterback, commit. I think this is one of his more tougher competition games uh, all year that, that he'll see. You know, Lake Travis has got some really good underclassmen that, you know, I'm excited to see. Uh, that's also tentative right now. I might um, I, I might stay a little bit closer to home and go see Lakeview Centennial. Uh, it's still it's still a whiteboard, but, you know, keep keep tabs on my Twitter. I always put my games up when it's finalized and I get credentials in. So uh, hopefully I'll have that in tomorrow morning. We can have more of an idea there. All right. Um, last Thursday – I'm trying to think. What did I do last Thursday? Oh, I went out to Garland, um, and I saw Garland High uh, versus Garland Naven Forest, and uh, was able to see Jordan Hudson and Chase Biddle um, in a game that was really boring until the last four minutes, and then <laughs> Garland came back and won it on the last play of the game. Uh, Chase Biddle was really good. Uh, you know, if anybody listens to this show knows that's a kid I absolutely love and have been you know covering since. Uh, he had no offers and, and, and just a really big fan of his skill set. Um, a big safety can come downhill, can thump, you know, range, um, playing with a ton of confidence right now. And then Jordan Hudson, they kind of kept him quiet for most of the night. They had some trouble getting him the ball, but uh, when it came down to it at the end of the game, they throw a throw a fade ball to him into double coverage, and he goes up and gets it for the winning touchdown with like seven seconds left. So, um, you know, I think uh, really excited guys there. Friday night I went out to go see All Saints Epis- uh, Episcopal and Nolan Catholic. Uh, was really there to see a Mecca Megua, the, the Nolan running back. And they really took it to All Saints in a game. I didn't really expect that. Um, 
You know, a big part of it was Monte Dawson, All Saints great running back who is, is head of SMU, uh, went down in the first like three plays of the game and, and that All Saints offense kind of went out the window. Um, you know, I got to see the Brocker Myers and I know that, that, that'll hurt some feelings, but uh, Tommy was really good and then James was, was excellent on the field, was just a mauler on the inside. Um and then uh, Megwa himself had, I think he had like 70 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he was just everywhere uh, in the red zone for them. When they got close, they would hand it to him and he would punch it in. So uh, that's a guy Texas is still in contact with, and we'll, we'll kind of see where things go from there. This week, uh, Thursday night, so it would have been last night if you're listening to this, tomorrow night as we're recording on Wednesday, I'm going out to Northwest ISD Stadium to see South Lake Carroll and uh, Trophy Club Byron Nelson. I have not seen Quinn Ewers yet this season. I had planned to see him last Friday, and then COVID canceled that game. I'm so excited to see him for the first time. And, you know, you guys have seen him. Nick's seen him twice this year against DeSoto and Rockwall, two two really good teams. Um, I don't know much about Byron Nelson, but I'm guessing he's going to go off for some bigger numbers uh, Thursday night. And then Friday night, um, I'm headed to Houston. I'm going to go see Max Merrill. Uh, the Texas commit and straight Jesuit against Shadow Creek and Nick's Creek boys um, and, and see Terrence Cooks there. So I'm um, looking forward to a trip to Houston. A chance to go to Pinkerton's is very much in the cards uh, for that if I get down there early enough. So uh, going to be a good good weekend for sure. Um, all right, Nick, we're gonna what we're going to do is uh, stop here for a, a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll do our picks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, and now joining us for our picks, we've threatened to have him on since we started this segment. Um, he is known as Uncle Fraz on Twitter. He is our good friend and Texas high school football mega nerd, Guy Frazier. Uh, Guy, thanks for joining us tonight. I appreciate it, fellas. Excited to be here. I know we've, we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks, and uh, good to be finally on. Um, Guy is a Highland Park grad and a uh, Baylor grad, but he's a big Texas fan, so don't hold the Baylor grad against him. Um, before we get to the picks, Nick, hit us with the with the records, or what are our numbers at right now? Uh, so I actually did, um, you know, our tabs, and I went back, and uh, you know, I took one step forward last week, but I took two steps back in our in our three games that we had uh, different schools. Um, so you gained another game on me last week. You're fifteen and seven. And I am ten and twelve, so uh, I'm going to need a little late season push here. Guy, any thoughts on uh, those records there? Can you repeat the numbers again after all that that jargon that uh, 
that Mr. Harris just threw out there? What's what's the numbers? I think I was fifteen and seven, and Nick is ten and twelve. I'm not shocked. You know, Mike's got a little bit of age on us here, a little more, a little more knowledge. Uh, you know, I'm not, not, I'm not shocked. Uh, Nick's still got a lot to learn here, like we all do. <laughs> All right. Well, Nick has picked. He's pre-selected the games. We've sent them to Guy. Um, I guess we won't keep really Guy's record because unless we have him on every week, it wouldn't be fair to keep his record. But we'll we'll at least keep it for this week. So, Nick, start us off, and we'll let Guy do the honors first on every pick. All right. So our uh, our first game of the week, it's uh, a team you saw last week, Mike. Uh, Garland, obviously they have a lot of talent, uh, underclassmen talent. They're taking on Saxy. Uh, kind of a cross town, uh, a type matchup, Saxy led by quarterback Alex Orgy. Um, they're always kind of scary here and there in that district. So, uh, who do you got in this one, guy? Yeah, so I'll actually be there tomorrow night. That's my Thursday night game. Um, you know, other than the youngest Orgy, that's about all my knowledge on Saxy this year. Uh, as far as Garland, you've got Jordan Hudson, you know, Chase Biddle, who's a, you know, a strong Texas target. Uh, my guy Sergio Perez. So just with the knowledge alone, I know on Garland, I know they're kind of hot this year. Uh, I think I'm going to roll with the Owls. All right. I, I, okay. So I, I saw Garland last week and I really like what they have on defense. Um, and I think they've got a big threat weapon in Jordan Hudson. Uh, they've got a big arm in Sergio Perez and they've got a great running back as well. They ran the ball really well last week, but, um, I think their schedule's been a little soft early on in the season, and I am going to go with Saxy in this one. Oh, that's an inter- interesting pick. Interesting pick. Um, you know, I went back and forth on this one myself um, just because Saxy is so hit or miss, uh, depending on what year you catch him in. Um, but I, I'm just going to take Garland here. I, I really like what Sergio Perez brings to the field, and I like his offensive weapons. Uh, I think they pull this one out. Um, and then our second game of the week is uh, Mansfield Summit versus Ennis. This is a huge Thursday night matchup down uh, down I-45. Um, and it's obviously one of the top teams in 5A, Mansfield Summit. Uh, a lot of talent, uh, 6A team out in Mansfield ISD. So who do you got in this one, Guy? Yeah, so it's hard to go against the number one team in the state, you know, regardless of the classification. Ennis has looked really strong through two games. Uh, I know they took down their their arch rival in Waxahachie, thirty eight to zero, uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, so with that, uh, you know I'm going to go with Ennis. I think this is kind of the year that uh, the Harold family kind of brings back some some pride to, to the Ennis Lion country and and get some rolling here, and they get off to a three and zero start. So I'll take them over Summit. I feel like Summit's got the big names. You know they've got the Hal Presley. They've got uh, Jacoby Jackson, but that in his defense is full of murderers up front. Like that is a stacked defensive uh, front seven. I really feel like that plays in this game, and I've seen teams kind of shut down Summit offensively that aren't as good defensively. So I've got to lean with Ennis there as well. Yeah, I'm going to take Ennis here too. Clean sweep. Uh, I've actually heard some great things about their receiving core as well at Ennis. Um, and their offense can just really get it rolling. Um, I, I believe they take down Mansfield Summit in a close game, I will add, though. Uh, our third game of the week uh, down in Central Texas. This is probably the game of the week down in down in the Austin area. Uh, it's kind of a sneaky good one. Uh, Lake Travis, always been really good as a perennial powerhouse. Uh, they're taking on Austin High, led by Jar- uh, Charles Wright. 
Um, he's got them off to a, a pretty good start this year, uh, and uh, they might make some noise in that district and uh, looking for their first playoff spot, I believe, since the 50s, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so who do you have mm-hmm. in this one, Guy? Yeah, so I'm not even going to act like I have a ton of knowledge on this one. Uh, just with my job this year, I've been a little bit out of the loop on some of the around-the-state stuff. So as far as syntax knowledge, it's limited. Uh, I know Charles Wright's a fun player. Uh, but with that said, it's hard to go against LT. Uh, that's just the program down there. So I'm going to run, run with the Cavaliers here and, and go with the safe pick. I'll stick with Guy on that. I mean, I Charles Wright's been off to a phenomenal start. I think I've considered him for my Performer of the Week article every week. He could have been on it this week, and I'm just tired of having him on it. So, um, I But I think you don't bet against Lake Travis. They don't drop very many regular season games. Um, so I'll roll with Lake Travis in this one. Well, yeah, I'm, gonna if I'm roll. not mistaken, isn't it in Lake Travis as well? It is. Yeah, I think that's just hard to go against. Yeah, I agree. That's a tough place to that's a tough place to win. So that's also why I'm taking Lake Travis. Uh, this might be the game I am at on Friday night. Um, yeah, Lake Travis, they got some really good talent on both sides of the ball and some really good underclassmen talent. I think they pull this one out. Uh, they're just way more deep this year. Uh, and then our fourth game of the week is uh, Katie Tompkins and Katie Taylor, uh, two Katie teams squaring off. Arguably, two the top two teams in KDISD, depending on where you want to put Katie in that conversation. But uh, Tompkins, they have Jalen Milrow, of course, committed now to Alabama. Um, he's had a pretty good start to the year. And Katie Taylor, uh, obviously, with their crazy offensive line led by Hayden Connor and Bryce Foster, they also have some really good underclassmen that are starting to pop up on the defensive line. Uh, so, who do you have in this one, guy? Yeah, I'm in the role with the uh, former Texas commit, Jalen Milrow and Co. Uh, anytime there's a good quarterback on one side of the ball, uh, I'm usually going to roll with that. I know Hayden Connor and Bryce Foster are impressive uh, on the flip side there, uh, but I'm going to roll with Tompkins. If I was handicapping this game, I would probably call it a toss-up. Like, it's it's kind of hard to handicap. Mm-hmm. I would say, I in, in cases like this, I'm going to roll with the offensive line most times. So give me okay. give me Taylor. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Taylor as well. Um, I just I, I think they're way more deep than Tompkins is. Tompkins does have talent, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think Taylor can really get it done on both sides of the ball, and I think they squeak out kind of a low-scoring, uh, pretty good game uh, down in the KD area on Friday night. I would say this. If Tamisha Adelier was still playing at Tompkins, I would be a lot more apt to pick Tompkins. I agree. Sure. I agree. That's a good point. Good point. And then our uh, fifth game of the week, uh, this one's kind of testing y'all's DFW knowledge a little bit. Argyle Liberty Christian versus Plano Prestonwood. Uh, Liberty Christian led by safety Christian Driver. Uh, and then Plano Prestonwood just kind of, they got a lot of underclassmen that have been popping up in the last year or so. And they're just a really fun team. They played with Prosper earlier in the year, almost took him down. Uh, so who do you have in this one, Guy? Yeah, I think, and I could be wrong on this, but if memory serves me correct, I think this was a pretty fun game last year uh, between these two. Uh, with that said, I'm going to go with the, the program that had more knowledge on the past. I'll roll with Preston Wood and go with the Lions here. Um, I, you know, Liberty Christian, God, I hope my friends at Liberty Christian aren't listening to this. Um, they are a program that I feel like constantly has talent, but I don't know that they constantly put it together um, on the field. Right. Whereas I think Preston Wood typically does. I'm going to... On the strength that Preston Wood hung with a pretty good Prosper team, I'm going to roll with Preston Wood on this one. 
Yeah, I'm going to roll with Preston Wood as well. Um, I just really like their underclassmen guys right now, and I think they're playing uh, you, you know, way above their age, and I think this is going to be a pretty good statement win for Preston Wood. And then our uh, small school game of the week, which let me preface, when I say small school, I mean 4A and below. And this is technically a small school game because it is a 4A matchup. Is a uh, Austin LBJ and Lamb Passes. Austin LBJ led by uh, their phenomenal secondary in Latrell McCutcheon and Andrew Makuba. Uh, Lamb Passes led by the UT baseball commit at quarterback Ace Whitehead, who's just put it, been putting up crazy stats all year. Uh, so who do you have in this one, Guy? Yeah, so... You got Latrell and you got Andrew, but you've also got guys like Danny Davis uh, and Brendan Jones. Danny's a, an explosive player there on the LBJ offense. Uh, and then Brendan was actually a uh, former UTSA commit that decommitted today, uh, strong up front D-line uh, for LBJ. With that said, so LBJ's got a good team. I'm going to go with Ace Whitehead and Co., number two team in the state with Lamb Passes. Really hot team last year. They're really hot again this year. Uh, I think he's one of the more fun players in the state. I'm going to roll with Ace and Co. here. So, Lamb passes. I agree. that I think this is, um, this is a game where I'm most likely to be wrong. But, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Guy on this one. And shout out, I hope the guy on the Horns 24-7 message board who accuses us of having a conspiracy against Lamb passes is listening to this. Um, <laughs> But I'm going with Lamb Passes. I think that that that's a, again that's a program win. I think Ace Whitehead is a sensational guy, but that program is just a really well set up program. I mean, they're they're ranked where they are for a reason. But it would it would not out of all these games we've picked, it would not surprise me at all if I turned it on and saw that LBJ pulled off the win. Um, especially with guys like Makuba going both ways, I think he's been sensational to start the season. So um, I'm going to stick with I'm going to go with Lamb Passes because it's a safe pick. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see LBJ win it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lamp Passes as well. Um, Ace Whitehead just kind of reminds me of like a, a 4A version of Connor Wagman. Uh, he can get it done through the air. He can get it done with his feet. Um, he's really quick, and uh, he's been dicing teams up in 4A for the last two years. And uh, pretty good on the baseball diamond as well. Um, so I'm going to take Lamp Passes here as well. All right. Well, Guy, um, before we let you go, you are a Texas fan, a Texas season ticket holder, and a Baylor grad. Will you, yep. be, will you be in the building this week? I will be in the building uh, in Burn Orange. Not, a, not an ounce of green and gold on me. I'm a very confused soul. Uh, but, yeah, I'll be in the building right there in our uh, Section 2 seats that we've had since 1964 or something like that. And, uh you know, rolling with the horns, and hopefully we turn things around here a little bit. Um, what's uh, – I'm sorry, I cut out for a second on my end. Did you did you give a prediction there? I was going to ask you to give a prediction. Yeah, so uh, prediction-wise – oh, that's tough. Um, I don't know if I can give you a score. I think the horns might squeak one out in a close one. Uh, you know, Tom Herman teams in the past usually have played pretty well when their backs are against the wall. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what this team looks like going forward. I just hope we don't look flat uh, and, you know, we have a little energy to us on uh, Saturday. All right. Well, that is the great guy, Frazier. We hope to have you back on uh, when we can work out schedules and all that. But uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it, fellas. All right. And we want to thank uh, Guy Frazier for 
for coming on and, and doing some picks with us. He's a wealth of knowledge, so um, we're, we're always glad to have him on. Um, all right, Nick, let's go ahead and get to the mailbag. As always, get your questions into the Horns 24-7 message board when we put the call out. Or <clears throat> you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes with any question. That will get answered on the podcast. Uh, all right, our first question comes from Howie4514. <clears throat> He says, love the podcast. Great content as always. Thank you, Howie. I love you. Uh, with everything going on right now, what needs to happen to have a top 10 recruiting class for 2021? Coaching change, Big 12 title change, uh, title game, college football appearance, New Year's Six Bowl. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, yeah, I, I barring Texas winning out in stunning fashion and somehow getting into the college football playoff, I'm not even sure that would do it at this point. Um, I would say probably... Uh, I would say the ship has sailed on this class being a top 10 class. Yeah, I would agree. I think I was doing the class calculator actually a couple of weeks ago. And I was just seeing like the best possible, um, you know, turnout for this class. And I think it ended like right around the, the number eight slot, but you have to also account for those teams ahead of Texas right now, also getting more commits. So uh, that, that probably ends in a situation with the, you know, best case scenario, Texas ends up with a, you know, a 15 or maybe a top 12 class. Yeah. And I would say like for all that to happen, it has to be, it, like you said, best case scenario, per- everything works <laughs> out perfectly for Texas. Probably have to flip a few guys, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, uh, best case scenario is like a point one percent chance of happening. <laughs> yeah. So from Polly Dreamer, uh, which twenty twenty two recruitment are you looking forward into following the most? That's an interesting question because it, it depends on what you mean by looking forward to following. Do you mean uh, like which kids do I like the most, or um, you know which which one I think has the potential to get crazy? Um, I would say. The kid, like one of my favorite kids in the state, and we've talked about him a ton on here, is Evan Stewart. Um, and Evan and I are close, so like I feel like we're going to have a lot of good information in that recruitment. We've got a lot of people around Evan that we know. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to that recruitment. Consequently, it's always those recruitments that end up screwing me in the end. Um, but I think uh, that's probably the one I'm looking forward to. If you ask, ask me which one like gets the craziest... Um, Maybe like I have, an easy, I have an easy answer for that one, but I'm going to wait on you. <laughs> I was thinking like Jaden Blue could get crazy. Um, I agree. I, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead with your answer. Um, the one I'm looking forward to, a couple I'm looking forward to the most, um, Harold Perkins, obviously. I think that's going to be a really interesting recruitment just because he's so wide open. Um, you know, I've talked to him multiple times, pretty tight with him. That's my guy, and um, he, he has really not prioritized anyone over anyone at this point. Uh, everyone is completely wide open, so uh, I'm very uh, very curious to see you know who makes that first big push and um, you know that first top list he has, uh, just so we can get more of an idea there. I think Tavoris Jones is going to have an interesting recruitment out west, um, just because he's such in a weird part of the state. You know, does he stay in state? If he goes out of state, how far does he go? Um, I think that one's going to be interesting, um, but I think possibly. The uh, most wild recruitment um, that we could have in 2022 is uh, Bobby Taylor. I think Bobby oh, Taylor yeah. could get pretty wild. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I didn't think about that one. He's not. <laughs> yeah, he's not really on the text radar, so I didn't think about it. But yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, from China Doll Ten, who do you think is the head coach at Texas in 2021? I I'll make this clear. Uh, just by the virtue of what we do and who we have to deal with, it's not a very good idea for us to start calling for jobs. Um, and speculating on these sorts of things. 
I will say this. I think it will be somebody not named Tom Herman. Can't tell you who it's going to be, but I, I would say if I had to lean one way, I would say it's not going to be Tom Herman. This is probably the 10th or 15th time I've been asked this question in the last two weeks, and I've uh, started to construct a very formal answer for this uh, for this question, and it's going to be, um, I don't really know, but I'm along for the ride. That's that's uh, I don't like to predict mm-hmm. it because um, you know predicting and hoping kind of leaves you in a uh, in sadness at the end. <laughs> From Earl Thomas, twelve. Who are the biggest four misses for Texas in your time? The time you've covered recruiting. Um, I think it definitely starts with Tommy and James Brockermeyer. Um, I can't imagine two bigger misses considering. Their status, their position, their need, and the fact that they're um, uh, legacies. So Tommy and James Brockermeyer are two of them. I would say Jalen Waddle is the third. And I'm going to say Caleb on Chasen was the fourth. I think that with with when you talk about Waddle and Chasen, two guys who were, bit, were silent commits to Texas at one point, um, Chasen was telling Texas commits that he was uh, going to Texas like the day of his decision. Um, I think that where where you look at where those two guys ended up in college and and the careers they've had, uh, those are probably the two two ones other than Tommy and James Brockermeyer for me. Those were the exact four names I had in my mind. Um, I think JoJo Earl might end up being another one. Um, just because of you know his uh, his ability at the next level, I think he's going to be phenomenal. Um, I think another miss that um, Texas will, Texas fans will kind of look back on and be like, "Dang, I wish we had him." Is uh, Quentin Johnston? He's already had kind of an impressive start to the, his freshman year at TCU, and obviously he was a longtime Texas commit and flipped right towards the end uh, to TCU. So um, I, I really liked Quentin uh, Quentin Johnston, and I think he's going to have a great career in Fort Worth. Yeah, man, Billy, you feel like Billy Bowman could probably end up there in a couple of years as, yeah, as an absolutely. answer to that. I forgot so, about that. Uh, I, I, you know, they haven't technically missed on him yet, so I didn't include him. But yeah, there's there's some some big ones on the horizon. Uh, from Triplet Joseph forty four, uh, does Texas finish in the top twenty recruiting rankings this year? I think honestly, as depressing as this is to say, top twenty is the goal. Um, if you finish top twenty with everything that's happened, you feel really good about it. Yeah, I mean they're sitting at 17 right now. I don't think it's completely out of the uh, out of um, you know reality to say that they don't finish in the top 20. If I was a betting man, I'd say yeah, they do, and they probably end up around that you know 15 to 20 range. All right, our next question comes to us from uh, Hornsfan7612. If Texas were to get Urban Meyer, which recruits committed elsewhere uh, would become more on edge? Which in-state targets not giving Texas a good look would maybe. Uh, that's really hard to say. I mean, I, it's hard. We don't talk to these guys about this because it's, I mean, what, do you, what, what are we going to say? Hey, um, if the hypothetical Urban Meyer were hired, would that change things? Um, I think that he might be able to pull one or two guys uh, in 2021, but really where you'd see the biggest impact is in 22. Yeah, if there's a head coaching change, um, you know, regardless of who it is, I, I think kind of putting a name on it, again, like you said, is just completely hypothetical at this point. Uh, I know that's a guy that fans uh, really want, uh, Urban Meyer. Um, but at this point, it's still just a hypothetical. We're still right in the middle of a, you know, a season where it could still end up being a positive. There's still a chance to win a Big 12 championship at the end of the day. Uh, so anything could happen. Um, but if there were to be a coaching change, I would, uh, you know, uh, prefer it be sooner rather than later. Uh, just so that twenty twenty two classes, you know, uh, in a good position to um, not be a transition class. 
just because of all of the talent in the in the state of Texas in 2022. Um, and Mike, you put up an article uh, this week just about the 2022 talent that we have in in the state of Texas. And it's, uh, if the Texas Longhorns can capitalize on that with a solid coaching staff, regardless of who it is, even if it is you know Tom Herman and Co. Still, um, then I think that's going to be the class that really you know turns things around. Let me just comment on that article. And it, look, I get we're not getting a lot of recruiting run right now. You guys don't want to read about recruiting um, when the team is performing this bad, and I get that. But we're still trying to pump out some really good content for you. So uh, the point of that article was that, A, the way the 2021 class looks, and we've talked about it here, the last time a class has looked like this is 2017, which was Charlie's last year and, and Strong's uh, – I'm sorry, Charlie's last year and Herman's transition year. At 2014, which was Max last year and Strong's transition year, um, obviously those numbers don't bode well. It, it indicates that recruiting is is falling off and dying, and um, and changes were made for those reasons at those two uh, years. So um, you can survive a class like this, but you can't survive two. And I think 22 is as talented as I've seen in the state. Um, at I, I can't say that for sure yet, but right now, as I look at it, it's a really really strong class. So. Uh, The point of all that is, regardless of who the coach is, they've got to capitalize in 22. Um, All right, from Den12, if uh, I know you're a Dallas guy, more more specifically Arlington and Frisco. Uh, Actually, it's Fort Worth, and Nick lives uh, near Uptown, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's. uh, I wonder where you got the Arlington and Frisco. Maybe we just talk about Arlington and Frisco kids a lot. Close enough. um, Close enough. Oh, I'm sorry. He's asking about Arlington and Frisco kids. How are things uh, keeping up with Cole Hudson, Devon Campbell, and Evan Stewart? I know it's early in the game, but these guys were considered Texas leans before the season. However, I understand there are no new updates. Um, Yeah, look, it's the the truth of it is. We're, we're basically out of things we can ask kids right now while Texas is losing. I mean, if if you want to talk to them about the struggles and you guys want to see some really harsh quotes, we can do that. But um, I just don't see the need really for that. And there's not much moving forward, as I mentioned. So uh, with Cole Hudson, I think Texas is still very appealing to him, more so because he, he really loves the business school and the opportunities there. Devon Campbell has always been a big Texas guy, and Evan Stewart as well, although I think Stewart's going to play his recruitment out a lot, and he's going to allow the attention to come to him. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, nothing's changed drastically with those guys. Texas has probably dropped a little bit or come back to the pack a little bit, but I don't think anything's drastically changed with any of them. Uh, I do want to mention Den12, uh, one of my favorite guys on the board. He he likes to go in-depth sometimes on some things, and uh, a big fan of that. I like to read in-depth posts. Um, but the question here, yeah, you know, these are three guys that um, I think Texas did a good job in identifying early, evaluating early, and sending out offers. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's going to be kind of something they always remember in their recruitments. So, um, you know, just the fact that they have that um, I, I think is uh, an overwhelming positive. You know, regardless of how this season turns out, they still have the 2021 season um, to kind of show these 2022 guys something different. Um, so, uh, yeah, all three of these guys I think are in a good position with Texas. Um, it's just a lot of time left. Den 12 and Bear 90, if you're looking for in-depth posts, both those guys bring it absolutely uh, regularly. All right, from um, HornsFan7612, who is on the commit watch for the Longhorns and who's on decommit watch? Outside of Antonio Harmon, who I talked about a little earlier in the show, I can't put anybody with in good conscience on commit watch for Texas right now. Um, it's just not a great time. Decommit watch, um, you know, we're checking into Casey Kane rumors, but haven't found a lot other than that. I haven't heard anything as of yet. Now, they lose this week. 
again, that's all subject to change and, and things can be very different from what they are right now. But as of right now, everything is, uh, is pretty calm. It sounds like. Yeah. I think the decommit watch is kind of a fluid process just depending on, you know, what team decides to take the field on Saturdays. Um, as far as commit watch. Yeah. You mentioned Antonio Harmon, um, you know, Terrence cooks, he's committing in uh, November. Um, I think, you know, Baylor, Texas, LSU are all right there in that race. Um, you also got Ike Uwana, um, who, uh, you know, Texas Baylor also right there in that race. So, you know, those are just kind of, kind of a couple of names to keep an eye on at this point. Yeah, and I, I don't know when Ike's going to decide. I would say Terrence has pushed his his commitment back three times. It wouldn't shock me if he pushed it back again. Um, so we'll see. I'll talk to him on Friday, actually, so we'll get a good idea. Um, all right, and our last question, as always, comes from Charles Daniels. He says, Mike, if you could get one coach and one current recruit uh, in the past, or one current or in the past to put in a room together and have a 100% honest interview about their recruitment, sort of like Kobe and Shaq sit down, who would you choose? I <laughs> I would love to get DeMond Demas and Des Moines Craig in a room and talk about how he went from not having A&M in his top group at all, cutting them out of his top group, to suddenly being committed a month later. Um, I would love to hear the story. DeMond was, had a pretty insane recruitment. Um, so, yeah, that that would be my answer. Nick, do you have, do you have, want to weigh in on that one? I'm just going to go with, the, the I think, the, the sexy pick here, and it's Zach Evans. I feel like we all want to know the complete full story at some point. I, I feel like there's going to be a documentary made about his recruitment one day. If he gets big enough, I feel like, you know, somebody's going to take the time to a do it. A 30 for 30, perhaps. <laughs> what if I told you? Yeah. What if I told you the number one running back in the country would end up at TCU? Uh, <laughs> Nick, what are some of the – actually, not number one. That was B. John Robinson. Shout out. Uh, Nick, what are some of the differences between covering Texas football recruiting and Baylor football recruiting? I like this question. I really like the Baylor beat, um, and I, I'm glad to be back on it. And I really like the Texas beat. I think they both kind of uh, bring different things to the table. Um, the thing I like about the Baylor beat is that they're always offering some, you know, random guys that you know I, I never necessarily never heard of, and uh, it allows me to see a lot of small school talent, uh, a lot of small town talent, and um, you know, some of those guys eventually end up being you know megastars on the recruiting trail. And then I already have, you know, a pretty good relationship with those guys once, uh, you know, if Texas gets around to offering them. So, um, yeah, I really like covering both sides. And uh, I've come to uh, see that, you know, um, Baylor, uh, Baylor targets and Baylor commits are easier to get a hold of. You know, I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. They, they're so easy to get a hold of. I have yet to have one commit where I hit up on DM and they don't answer almost immediately. I'm like, you know, I like these guys. <laughs> I haven't covered Baylor, so I can't. Um... For sure say, like, this is the issue. But to me, from the outside looking in, I would say probably, um, like you mentioned, it's a lot easier to get a hold of Baylor targets. But you carry a little more weight when you say you cover Texas. So it, it kind of goes both ways there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, that's going to do it for the mailbag. We thank you guys for contributing this week and every week. Nick, before we get out of here, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, not at all. Um, just uh, looking looking forward to at least trying to get two games in this weekend. That's 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 my goal. <laughs> next week, uh, I think I'm going to get a little spicy with it. I'm just going to leave it at that, but I think it's going to get a little spicy next week with uh, where I'm heading. You know, if you don't make it out Thursday, and there, the good thing is, like, if there are a couple games streaming, you can at least watch multiple games at the same time. Yeah, that's definitely the positive. 
positive. That's definitely what I will be doing. I'll have a Thursday night football cranked on on the big screen, and you know, a couple computers out watching some uh, watch some high school football. I don't even know who's playing in the NFL game on Thursday. I, I quit paying attention to Thursday night football matchups because I know I'm not going to be able to watch them. So I, I couldn't tell you who's playing tomorrow night. Well, the the schedule keeps. I can tell you as a Buffalo Bills fan, the schedule keeps getting moved around. In the last two weeks, the Bills went from having a Sunday and Thursday game moved to a like Tuesday and then following Monday. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's been insane. Uh, I think that the NFL is doing as good of a job as they can to kind of schedule on the fly. Um, it looks like it's going to be a giants and Eagles matchup. So definitely we'll want to tune in for that. Oh boy. I can't wait for the NFC East second place clash. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. We thank you guys for listening each and every week. We thank you for your contributions to the show. Hang in there. Uh, we know it's tough right now, but um, brighter days are ahead. It's always dark for the dawn and all that good stuff. For Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. We'll see you guys next week. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 Kiss the Future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply